and welcome back to Story Reckless. I am Nathan, I will be your DM this evening. I use he, him pronouns, and let's uh, pass it over to our players. My name is Claire, my pronouns are they, them, and I am still playing Kadam, half-elf grave cleric. And my name is Olive, I use they and she pronouns, and I am playing Bloodlace Centaur Barbarian. Just that nice. tonight? Wow. Okay. I mean, we had a sad, what do you want me to say, like, child killer? Oh, God. <laughs> well, on that note, We did it. It was very sad. It was. It was. I know, I feel like I should actually change the music for this recap, because this music is far too happy. Uh, well, on that note, let's do a brief recap here as we um, do our final episode before we do our postmortem next week. So, with all of that being said, um, as uh, last time, as Kadam and Lovelace escaped out of the platinum mine, uh, out of the Meanlocks nest after just des destroying the infestation of Meanlocks within, you made your way back out into the village. Knowing that, one, there is uh, at least one mean lock left within the mayor's house, the abandoned house, um, and also to uh, look around the village for some components that Kadam required to uh, cast a spell that they believe could maybe help the situation. Uh, after having a very fruitful endeavor of going into the abandoned blacksmith's um, quarters, finding the components you needed, Kadam as well as finding a hidden compartment in the floorboards where there was weapons stashed away as well as some iron and uh, a ring. The weapons were very finely made, one of which appeared to be uh, slightly enchanted, which Lovelace picked up, a short sword with platinum designs of serpents, as well as a secondary uh, non-magical, but nevertheless a secondary short sword that is uh, almost like a disarming sword. But Kadam also found a small ring, which gave images of water and gliding through streams and lakes as Kadam put it on their finger. After all of this, the two of you, as the uh, day was drawing ever closer to its end, you moved into the mayor's house and systematically lit up every room making it impossible for the creature within to escape. And as you cornered it in a final darkened bedroom, you entered in Kadam's light shining inside, and you could see this beanlock huddled in the corner, clutching a wooden bed, which appeared to be a child's bed, and underneath was a abandoned stuffed bugbear toy. And upon one of the strange, almost vestigial limbs on the front of this mean lock, you could see a ring kind of pushed into the now strange flesh of this creature. And on that ring was a snowdrop blossom, the very insignia found on the mayor Lee Duvizen's portrait in the other room. The two of you decided you needed to put this to rest. But Kadam, wanting to bring comfort to this creature, disabled their light source. And in that moment of darkness, it teleported away. 
And instead of becoming angry with Kadam, Lovelace embraced them as the two of them huddled in the dark, dealing with this trauma. And in the dark, you heard a single gunshot ring out. And a moment later, Monfred entered the room, saying that he had dealt with the creature that tried to flee. And that is where we left off last session. The two of you are within. Uh, unless you want to do anything else in the manor or have time to talk amongst the two of you as Monfred left, we can go on to whatever you would like to do next. Oh, I'm pretty thank quiet. You. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that, um, Winged Scribe. Sorry, my gain here must have got knocked down on my mic. This is why I should really monitor myself. Next arc. I'll get better at it. <laughs> you said that every arc, Nathan. Hey, I gotta try one little step at a time. Also, last time I, like, was actively monitoring my voice, it was really distracting, so I just gotta get used to it. Anyways, enough of that. So, the two of you, what would you like to do? Can we, like, maybe time skip to the next morning I could like yeah. see the camera opening on us like putting stuff on the gravestones yeah 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 and and I'm happy to do that with uh, oh now I'm peeking god I really gotta <laughs> sorry I should have done this beforehand this is why I should include this in my checklist of testing stuff um, yeah it, it, for this I'm happy to do a lot of montage type stuff because we're kind of wrapping this all up so yeah we open up on the next morning uh, all of you standing around the gravesite with, do you want to kind of scatter the various items about? Uh, yeah. Kind of on, I mean, some of these items, it's going to be impossible to know who they belong to. Sure, but just so they can be up here with people they know. Yeah. Yeah. So as all of you are standing there the following morning, you can see all these items laid out. And uh, another thing Thing you are noticing is that this morning there are actual birds that are calling out in the forest and that mist has completely lifted and there's just sunlight streaming down through the trees um, in the early morning light. I think while presumably Kidam you're kind of like putting, placing these things out like lovely so just like standing in the background like uncomfortably pawing at the ground. Um, I'm just kind of like shifting around, not really knowing what to do with herself, but like feeling that she should be somber. Oh, Lovelace, can you help me lift this? And oh, yeah, I sure. kind of half lift uh, Adeline Crean's gravestone that we found half finished. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I got, I got gotcha. you, I got oh. it. And just kind of place it in an empty spot. While all this is happening, uh, Monfred and Renwin are off to the side. Uh, I mean, they'll—if you ask them to—they they may help, but they are off to the side right now, just discussing amongst themselves. You can see they're actually comparing notes right now, um, sitting in like a little grassy area just outside of the gravesite. Um, so the two of you get this gravestone up into place. Mm. Stand next to Lovelace and just kind of gesture at the objects, the gravestones, and by just 
the entire valley almost. I feel like I should say words. I don't know that I have any more. This sucks. I don't know if there's much more that I have other than that. Yep. Yep. Sorry we couldn't do more. Yeah. So, weren't totally our faults. Well, no. I mean, none of this was our fault. I just wish we could have gotten here earlier. Yeah. Hopefully things are uh, more at rest now. Yeah. I'd like to write out what has happened, both kind of for the past 70 years and also what we've experienced. And leave it next to that book on the Fay in Lee's office, in Lee's library. Just in case someone else comes by so they know what happened. Speaking of that, well, like, um, like what? Are other folks going to come by? What are, what are we going to tell Screws? I will take her a few steps farther yeah. from Manfred. Yeah, you see the lanky form of Manfred hunched over right now, actively talking to Renwin, who isn't even sitting, but they're about at eye level. I don't know. If Manfred finds Platinum, he will tell her. I don't know if we can persuade him not to. Do we want Screws to know? I think it would be easiest if she didn't. But I don't see a way to prevent her from knowing. Do you? Not really. I mean, what, we just close this place up and hope they get swallowed up by the mountains. I don't Basically, know if that's how these things go. Yeah. You know, you always hear stories and fables about things that were sealed away for a thousand years causing trouble later. But then again, like, we tell Box of Screws about this and she's just going to send more folks down there into the dark. It's just going to happen all over again. I'm afraid of that. If we could somehow convince her that it ain't profitable, if it ain't safe, not for the individuals she'd be sending down here, but for the guild as a whole. Yeah, that that's the hard one, because she'll she'll send souls down there even if it ain't safe, safe for them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid she would. I don't know, like just trying to think if I was the worst possible person what would convince me to 
be safe about this thing. Like, I don't know. I've known her for a long time. She's practical. That's true. And if we make it clear that one of the major operating risks for this mine is any sort of accidents or bad stuff happened to folks and the whole thing will get closed down. So like either she invests in safety or she loses the whole thing. That's not a long-term solution though. It ain't. I do trust her to be careful. And I do trust her to spend money where it's needed. But do you trust whoever comes after her? No. Runs this place next? No, I don't. Although, that might be a while. You I hear, think you hear some soft footsteps coming up next to you, uh, Lovelace. And you can see that Monfrey and Renwin are headed over. Hey, friends, how you feeling? Ready to head back in? Take one last look? Yeah, that's what uh, they were coming over here for, to determine whether there's any of that platinum, like you said, is in the mine. Uh, yeah, Red, Red, uh, Manfred and I were, were just talking about it, and, um, well, I <laughs> might be a little awkward. Uh, it sounds like you folks are trying to set up your own operation, and uh, that's what I'm out here to do as well. Uh, Manfred's trying to pull me in on the deal to work work together, but um, kind of have my own thing going, so I uh, guess uh, we'll have to deal with that later. Uh Anyways, shall we? You all right? Can I get an insight check on Manfred? What's his idea of dealing with it later? <laughs> Go ahead. Make an insight check. Um, 19. Okay. He looks very conflicted um he looks really nervous keeps wringing his hands uh his eyes are darting around and uh he's just anxious um and using that energy he's uh all right uh, let's get in there get this over with don't want to um dilly dally uh lovelace you want to lead lead the way yeah here it goes once more into the dark so, uh, what is your intention? Both of you, what is your intention here? That's a great question, my friend. <laughs> Where are you taking Manfred and Renwin? Because I know there was some, you uh, know, some deception <laughs> thrown out there earlier. I am following Lovelace's lead. Okay, God Lovelace, what do you want to do? <laughs> oh. So I just want to talk out of character. Like, what are yeah. the stakes here? Go like, for it. The stakes are we either let this place 
do some kind of deception, have Fox Screws not know kind of that there's something valuable here for sure. Um, or like, it looks like there was a platform in the mine and it got mined out. Um, it's like, I think the most possible thing, but, and then like, let this place just get, yeah, swallowed by the mountains. Um, I mean, if it stayed out of sight for 70 years, time heals all wounds, I guess. Um, and it's not actively bleeding anymore. If there's no more like folks around here throwing around bad emotions. Um, or the alternative is to bring more people in, potentially have the situation repeat itself. But like also be able, like if we like let people know the truth of what happened here, like it might be better than just like ignoring it and like letting all of these folks pain like go away forever. Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um. I would like to do some writing, do some talking with folks, do some recording of what happened here so that it mm -hmm. ain't forgotten. Um, if we can prevent Box of Screws from coming back here, that's great. I think it is ultimately more important that people know about it. Yeah, I think, I think in that case, I'm going to lead them back to the place I actually saw Platinum. Okay. Let's go down this route. Okay, so uh, as you all push into the dark once more, winding your way down, eventually getting to the cave-in and off to your right, you can see that circular entrance into the warren that is the Meanlock Lair. You carefully make your way through this moss-covered tunnels, um, in the quiet, in the dark, uh, and eventually open up into that large chamber. We can see those stone slabs and the remaining bodies of the mean locks that, that you had killed earlier, as well as the one pillar that is completely caved in. And Lovelace, you see, uh, as you remembered, up in the ceiling there, as all of your light sources come into this room, that glint of silver in the ceiling. While Renwin and Monfred are looking around, uh, Monfred turns to you. So, uh, is it in here? Yep, around. right up there. Look up. Ah. And Renwin as well looks up wide-eyed. Okay, uh, this is good. Uh, okay, uh, and he goes over to the collapsed pillar and starts pushing aside the rock and sifting through it, uh, eventually pulling out some pieces. Renwin eagerly runs up beside him, and you actually see for a moment the two of them kind of giddy as they're looking at these pieces of stone, and you can see these glints of this silver material running through it like veins. Um, they're both kind of conversing with each other. It most certainly is platinum. See the way it's in light? Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I can tell the way the light is catching it. The way, look at the way it goes through the rock. Oh, this is... Can 
you look at how big that, that bane must be massive. Like, oh, this is great. You gotta do scratch cool. tests. Like hardness tests. Or like <laughs> yeah, they take out their full tools and doing that. <laughs> Bite the stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, so a geologist too. You eat the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Tasting it. Um, but yes, uh, the two of them excitedly go through the rubble and confirm uh, and eventually come back to you. This is wonderful. Uh, most definitely a platinum vein. Listen here, it's a bit. Yeah, it's interesting having to come down these t- tunnels, but uh, if this is yours, there's probably more. So we're all set. This is great. Um, I have a bit I've taken for myself to bring back to Boxer Screws as proof. Uh, yeah, I got some as well. Um, well, I'm afraid uh, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Maybe you could uh, get in line with my business here if you're not, if you're, uh, you know, I'm not going to be uh, giving up. That's fine. So maybe the best man win, as you would say. Uh, yeah. Uh, we should really, uh, let's speak back in the mirror and perhaps we can work out a deal. Um, I, I mean, I was here first, you know, when I was in Marin, I was, you know, I was there, I was, had all the... I was scoping this whole area out, you know. So. Y'all, let's, let's, let's talk the business outside of, uh, these tunnels. Let's not linger here. Yeah, uh, you know, this is a good idea. He looks nervously back towards the, the chamber where the water is still dripping in that uh, area where the black pudding was located. So, with that, you all... Well, while they're doing that, I will just lay out the bodies of the uh, main locks nicely. Okay. Yeah. Easy enough. You start collecting the bodies and laying them out in this main central t- chamber. Is it worth burying these folks? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out exactly where where the line between the main lock and the person is. I don't know even if there is a line. Mm-hmm. Let's leave them here. I the next think... folks who come down Yeah, they should know. Yeah. All right. I guess like we put them on those like little altars or like those tables. I think. Okay. Easy enough. Pick them up and lay them all out. It's better than leaving them on the floor. Maybe. 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 I don't know. I don't like this whole thing. Let's let's go. Yeah. Let's see. let's go. You exit out through the mine, eventually coming back into the bright sunlight, standing there at the entrance. Uh, what would you all like to do next? Um, as Renwin and Momfred are getting their things together, um, ready and anxious to get back down the mountain. Kidam, you wanted to do some writing? Oh yeah, there's that too. There's something I, I can do that I got, gathered all the silver and iron for. It ain't... It ain't much. It ain't much, but I could prevent Faye from exiting here for a while. Not any kind of length of time that would be useful. But I, I, I could do something. Do you think it's worth it? 
Um, I don't know. I don't know about this magic. It's kind of yeah. your domain. Let's go. Let's go do that, Rotten. Okay. So you want to head back to the mayor's house and? Yeah, and I'll probably both rot and also bring the mayor back to that room mm-hmm. and put her on that bed with that stuffed bugbear. Okay. I don't think this is her room, but this seemed important to her, so... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you can do all of that and spend some time in the library writing out exactly what you want. Is it the recounting of what happened 70 years ago and what happened to all the people? Yeah, and then a more detailed explanation of what we experienced here. Okay. Um, if I could make two copies, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it takes time, but you totally. can do that. Um, Lovely. So, are you do you, are you doing anything while Kadam is uh, in the library writing all this out? I could imagine myself like running interference, where if like Manfred and Renwin like are like, "Let's go, let's go." I'm like, "No, we're not leaving." Don says we are. Yeah, and that definitely happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, but both of them respect your presence uh, and your <laughs> your authority here, um, especially after everything you've all been through together and what they've seen. So um, they probably only press once. Um, you can see Renwin maybe uh, uh, trying to come over like looking a bit anxious and then Monfred just immediately puts a big hand on his shoulder and stops him from scuttling over and you can see them kind of arguing amongst the two of them but you're able to do this Kadam uh, and at the end of it you have your account written out and a copy for yourself to bring with you alright here we go okay okay Let's head out. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So you head out uh, without your horses this time. Uh, out of the village as the it's getting later in the afternoon as you leave, but you start winding back down that what remains of that overgrown path. And by the end of the day, you end up down in that valley and up above you can see the rising mountain top and all the way up that small meadow where you presume that pond would be and the snow-capped peaks beyond it. Uh, and you are now working your way down this valley as the sun is starting to set. Um, and you spend your first evening here in the valley. Uh, so we will start this traveling. Um, it's, I, I, you are still in the wilderness. It will be an easier DC because you've made your way back, but I would like to do the checks for each day. Um, but first, uh, let us, let us start with this first evening. So if the two of you wouldn't mind, uh, doing perception checks for me on your first watch tonight. Does dark vision help? I have dark vision. I get to be one of those players now who yells, I have dark vision. <laughs> um, I mean, it's 
it, we haven't been really getting that nitty gritty with it. I've been having you both. I know. I'm sorry. It's Te- fine. Technically, it's fine. you would have been. I got twenty four. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, uh, Kadam. Nine. Nine. Okay. Um. Okay. So, for both of you. As uh, on your individual watches, you are just greeted with the sound of the crickets in the valley and the wind blowing through the evergreens. However, Lovelace, as you exchange out final watch with Manfred and bed down for the evening, as you're drifting off into sleep, and eventually it takes you you are suddenly awoken by a sound. You hear a a blade being drawn. Uh, Lovelace makes noise. Hey, hey! Oh. You you bolt up. Uh, and look, and you can see that Monfred is currently standing over Renwin with the sword drawn and just, and like, puts it back in as Renwin is scrambling awake, um, looking about a bit panicked. What's wrong? What? I think Lovelace... And turns and sees Monfred standing there. Who's just, just like, charges in, like, knocks down Manfred. Oh, or, okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, go um, ahead, make, um, make, th- make an athletics check for me. Did I see that? Or the the no. sword, not the... Alright. Athletics check 19. You can do acrobatics to contest a grapple, right? Mm-hmm. You can. Okay, good. Just making sure. 19? I was thinking more of like a shove. A shove. Okay, well it doesn't matter. Like he he failed. So, okay, so you come, you come charging up as you bolt up and charge up to Monfred and just Bot, like check shoulder check him and he goes spilling into the dirt <laughs> um the blade that he was trying to put away <laughs> uh falls out onto the dirt behind him uh Renwin kind of scrambling up going whoa what's going on um what do you do i i have my sword down at manfred um and i think i say he's just lying there manfred only I get to solve problems with violence. Lovelace? Explain yourself. Tell these folks what you were just doing. He keeps looking back between you and Renwin, who's just standing up now behind you, looking very confused. If you had the resolve to do it, you should have the resolve to say what you were doing. It has to be done. No one would know. Please, Lovelace, you don't understand. You don't know box of screws like I do. And Renwin's just what 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 is what is happening right now? I don't 
Manfred, I say, and what were you going to do about me, Lovelace? You are on a job for Boxer's Cruise. If you were to interfere, you would have to deal with her and the consequences that come with getting in her way. Please. This is the only way. You're going to have to be a little bit more uh, explicit. I'm, I'm not quite following. They're going to need folks working these mines. You can't keep a wrap on this. There's the only ones that know right now. I don't recall that being part of the job description, Manfred. It was just supposed to be the three of us. No one else. Do you really think, Manfred, that you have explored all other options? Discussing the matters at hand, and this appeared to be the only way forward. Uh, will somebody please fill me in on what's going on? Renwin, we're working. I'm sure Manfred have has uh, told you, or an individual named Boxer Screws. She's part of the guild in Baldur's Gate. These people are violent and organized. Uh, like, yeah. I can't... I don't know what was going through your head when you were offering to split the pot with them, but that's not really how they operate. I, well, uh... Can you make a... intimidation or persuasion check for me? I don't choice. know what I'm trying to... Intimidate well, or like. I mean, are I'm, you not trying to? Well, I mean, I, I was interpreting it as you trying to persuade Renwin. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, persuade Renwin from backing off or I guess, working I guess, out. What? What? I'm. Let me let me put it clearly, yeah, Renwin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're gonna either work for Box of Screws. Or, I don't know, next time I'm not going to be around here to knock Manfred on his butt. Oh, uh, yeah, I, one of those checks, please. I just want to determine what, see which way he's, he's going to roll with this. I'll give you advantage on this. What? Oh, can you not hear me? No, no, I, I didn't understand what. Oh, uh, intimidation, of, intimidation, oh, or persuasion. Oh, that Sorry. wasn't Renwin saying one of those checks. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, Renwin oh, suddenly, oh, Renwin suddenly yeah. looks at the camera. I didn't need you to make one of those checks for me. No, no, no. I um, thought he was like asking for like a checkbox. Was like one of the that those like checks out. No, apologies. Okay. Uh, uh, let's go intimidation here. I'll give you advantage with this. With uh, yeah, mentioning Hell, the guild. Yeah. 
Uh, 16. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I, I heard of the guild, uh, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't realize, um, who, who, who I was dealing with, um, okay, uh, yes, yes, of course, we can, we can work something out, uh, of course, uh, Benrin, our employer is going to want full control of the operation. And as much of the profit as possible, if not all of it, uh, she will not take kindly to someone trying to take over this operation that she uh, so desperately wants. Uh, okay. Um, well, well, you're you're gonna you're gonna, uh, uh, Lovelace was just. Uh, pointing out, you're you're gonna need people to work the mines. Uh, perhaps I can assist there. I I, I know people in the region. I, I come from uh, uh, Neskel, uh, just south of here. We can uh, the lots of miners that operate out of there. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Uh, we can work something out. He looks up at you, Lovelace. Okay. See, that wasn't too hard now, was it? I hope you're right. <sighs> May I get up? I'm taking this, and I take the sword. some sleep. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to uh, move. He grabs his roll and starts dragging <laughs> it over to where you are. <laughs> Lovelace, I'm just gonna be over here uh, for now. And he settles down. I need a moment to confer with uh, Kidam. Manfred? We're gonna be fine. You know, a word. Settles in. <laughs> Just as his arms. Leaving <laughs> them together, it's gonna be fine. I'll okay. Keep both of them in my sides. <laughs> okay. You know? Yes. I think I messed up showing Manfred that platinum. I don't want the guild to get I mean this could change a lot up in Baldur's Gate things will get worse for the crews if they get this much more money say that you've known Boxes for a long time and 
Manfred says that he knows her very well and I don't think I do. I really don't think I do. If what he says is true, this ain't right. I don't know what we could do. What what can we do at this point to change anything? Well, Boxer Screws wants to keep things under wraps. Just tell folks. It's been the plan, hasn't it? Yeah. Go back to Marin, talk to Lucas and Astra. I don't know, I had some idea of like getting people to tell the story. We have that one book. Let's get other people's opinions too. Like, I wonder if one of Astra's parents is still alive. They're, they're a half elf. But just, just think about the consequences. Like, obviously Box of Screws was hoping to keep this under more, tighter wraps than she made clear. Manfred's not going to like it. He's going to tattle. Oh, then we just burned that bridge. That's what this has been about, Aiden. I don't know if we can have things both ways, like keep working for boxes, crews, and the crews. No, I agree. I mean, that's why we've that's why we went on here in the first place, ain't it? I don't know how. It's weird. The word that occurs to me is abandon her. I can't keep doing this. All right, let's let's tell as many people as we can. Well, we put them in danger, but each person we tell, we dilute the danger somewhat. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you put a whisper, a platinum in folks here. That's not going to stay under wraps. It'll be like light and wild fire down here. Yeah. We just got to be prepared for what that means back in Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I was hoping to get it both ways. Get a nice paycheck here. Move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. But God, that's how they get you. It's always just one more big paycheck. I shouldn't I shouldn't have come back. I shouldn't have done this. Maybe no. It's not too late though. The only thing we can do is move forward, act as best we can. What should we do about them? Renwin will uh, join whatever side's winning. Yeah, yeah, he will. Do we openly just tell Manfred that 
We ain't playing ball. Meaning? We're not going to keep silent. Let him run back and paddle. We do the same to him as he was about to do with Jorinwen. It's another option. Absolutely not. All right. We can be honest with him. Yeah. I don't know if that would make things easier. But then at least we would be being honest. I can... Hmm? I can contact Boxus Groups. Like, now. Mentally. If we somehow want to get there first. I don't know. Anything we tell her just gives her more time to prepare. And that's the one advantage that we have right now is that she don't know nothing. It's true. I'm honestly surprised she didn't give, like, a wand or something to Manfred. That could let him talk similarly. Maybe she don't have such a thing. This is Box of Screws we're talking about. I don't know. She got she got a way of getting anything she wants. Maybe, though. Let's talk to Lucas when we get back to Marin. Let's talk to Lucas. I like that idea. Yeah. He seems to have a solid head on his shoulders. Yeah. All right. Okay. And I think we head back. Yeah. And Nathan, just so you know, as long as Renwin has remained within 60 feet of me, warding bond is still on him. Oh, wow. Does it last for how long? I... There's no end time, if I remember correctly. <laughs> wow. Oh, I lied. One hour. Never <laughs> lied. I, I, I was like, what? <laughs> That's nope. remarkable. Okay. Marriage. What I was doing was reading the fine print and not looking at the big thing up at the top. <laughs> yeah, that's... Fine print doesn't say anything about one hour. <laughs> Got it. Oh, hey, wait, 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 get on, get on. Yeah. If you could talk to Box Screws, you could talk to Lucas now. Yeah? What do you want me to say to him? I, I, I don't know, like... No, never mind, we can talk to him face to face. A couple days won't change nothing. Right. Okay. You both return back to the campsite, the uh, fire, low-burning fire flickering there, casting the shadows around, and uh, Monfred is just not making eye contact with anyone sitting there, uh, arms crossed, just looking down. Uh, Kadam, you do see that he is just, like, ever so slightly, like, trembling um, to him as he's sitting there. Uh, and Renwin's just, like, on the other side of the campfi campfire, staring at Monfred the whole time. Uh, his bedroll kind of pulled up, and you can see that clutched in one of his hands, he has the little glow dart tube. Um, so, 
You all settle down as best you can for the night. <laughs> Monfred disarmed. Uh, still got his gun. I didn't take his gun. Yeah, he's, he's got, got his, his gun. gun. <laughs> But he ain't killing no one quietly this way. Uh, but the evening, the rest of the evening goes by without incident. It's just awkward and tense. Um, probably. I think Lovelace sleeps fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kadam. Kadam, don't. <laughs> yeah. So, as. The evening comes to a close and the morning greets you. You have your first day of travel before you. I mean, you got like half a day in, but whatever. We'll call it. We'll call it a day. Um, so we'll just do. <sighs> yeah, it's still going to be three because you don't have your horses. Uh, okay, so DC is lower for this. Um, I see you. Uh, it's going to be three skill checks, whatever you want to use uh, within reason to get down the mountain. Um, see if any complications occur while you're trying to get down the mountain. I'd like to start off with intimidation. (laughs) Okay. Uh, How are you going to use intimidation to guide everyone down the mountain? I think just navigating the awkwardness of the night before. Yeah. Of just like Manfred might not be like down to like hold a branch back to like let us all pass or something. I'm just like man, Manfred. Okay. So you're I'm just like taking control take, and like yeah. forcing us through this like march. Okay. So with with body language and silent looks, you're keeping everyone in line, making yeah. sure that everybody is doing what they should to get Mostly you I want to like day. roll travel with intimidation. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's not a good move, but No, I like it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> that's a natural one. Oh my Bring god! Bring it up to four. Okay. Um, uh, go ahead and roll oh, another d twenty for me. Oh no! This is twelve. Oh uh, no! Okay. Um. <laughs> so. You are doing your best (laughs) to keep everyone in line, uh, but it becomes very challenging about, I don't know, mid-morning when, uh, as you're starting to go up the other side of the valley, you can see there is um, what appears to be some sort of stormfront building at the top of the mountain that you're going up towards, and this very cold fog starts to spill down the mountainside and you are by lunchtime swamped in with this thick cold fog that is just blowing through the trees and your visibility is incredibly poor so for the rest of the journey your perception checks will be made at disadvantage as this cold fog this storm front that has come through is holding tight there um so not not too bad, but uh, you are now having to contend with this fog as you make your way through the day and eventually into the evening, settle down for the night, um, having to bundle up even more, keep the fire stoked um, and closer to its warmth. But that is all that occurs on this day of travel. Do any of you want to do anything on this second night? Yeah, I would like 
to immediately follow or be followed by Manfred for watch. Okay. Simple enough. Uh, you can do either of those. <laughs> do you want to follow I'll, Manfred? or I will follow, follow Manfred. Okay, so when he finishes, you will take over. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Both of you make perception checks for me as you do your respective at, watches. At disadvantage? At disadvantage because of the fog. Not bad. 16. Okay. Uh, that's another snap one. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so, six. Lovelace, you throughout the evening. You swear that you keep seeing shapes in the fog and they look like a young centaur just appearing in the fog periodically and it just keeps happening all night. Um, yeah, it's however that makes you feel. I'm not going to put words into uh, how your character feels. How do you feel about this as you keep swearing you see this pop up just at the periphery of the light from the fire? I think my first response is like the response that we learned back in Vermillion. I'm just like, it's just an illusion. It's just my mind. But then like it keeps happening. And I think I enter a kind of like a dreamlike, like fugue state. Like if I just like dissociate for a long enough period of time, um, like I'm not watching, I'm not watching nothing at this point. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm just completely lost in like my own thoughts and like these like cycles of like memories um, and like regrets. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kadam, remind me again. Are you following Manfred or followed yes. by following Manfred? Okay. So so while you're having this Lovelace, you suddenly feel a soft shake, and you look up and see Manfred there. Mm. Hey. Is, is it... Sorry, is it your turn? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. May I have my sword back? This fog makes me nervous. You gonna do anything you'd regret? No. Fenrin and I have been speaking today, and to work something out. Tell me, what were you thinking? What? What? What have you seen, Box of Screw? Like, I know that she's like a nasty piece of work, but let's, let's put this fear into you. a very long time. She can be very ruthless. And she told me to make sure that if we did find anything that it the information stays with just us until we get back. Any ideas why she didn't mention that to Kidam and me? 
Honestly, I don't know. Perhaps she was relying on me to make sure that I would communicate it to you if we found anything. She wasn't entirely certain that this was going to be fruitful considering the source material, but just uh, Known boxes grows for a longer period of time than you. I'm confident of that. And I've seen more things, so you just have to trust me when I say that you don't go against her. Oh. Here we go. I give him back his sword. doesn't like being touched. Anyway. I, I reach for his elbow and then withdraw my hand. Manfred. Yes. Oh. She really frightens you, don't she? don't know her very well at this point. And you said that you, earlier that you've been, you've known her for a long time. Is it worth getting to know her better? How long? How long? 
when she first changed. It was slow at first. It's hard to put an exact time on it, but uh, maybe over the past decade or so, she's been There's a lot of pressure coming down too from Nine Fingers Keen. Yeah. Walter's gate is changing. I know. Changing in ways that the guild is not happy about. I know. I, uh, I'm afraid for her, and I'm afraid for us. There's no reason to be afraid as long as you're doing what's right for the guild. They've provided much for me. I've seen how they can make your life better. And that's why this makes me so Worried what you and Lovelace are doing here. It would have been so much easier. It would have, wouldn't it? I am sorry that we are making things difficult for you. But what you wanted to do, I could not have lived with myself if I had just let you do that. I have a, I have a very particular relationship with boxes screws. It might help if I talk to her, specifically me. You've barely been with the guild. <laughs> you only just started working with them months ago. That's true. I'm not going to stop you, but uh, I, I do plan to divulge everything to Boxer Screws, every last detail. No, I understand. I would expect nothing less, given what I've said to you. In many ways, I think that you are a very upstanding young man. Standing human. <laughs> uh, sorry, I yeah. thought that might be funny. <sighs> okay, hi. I think I'm need to go to sleep now. Yeah, all right. Let him go. Okay. Uh, did you already you already rolled your check, right? 16. The rest of the night goes by.
cold and dreary, but you don't see anything in the fog, and all you hear are the sounds of your companions sleeping around you. And the next morning greets you. Do you do anything, Kadam, before the morning comes, or is that... Okay. Nah. Okay. So, another day before you. Uh, what, uh, Kadam, what would you like to do today to help everyone through? Oh! Let's go for... Hmm. I have good options here. Survival. <laughs> survival. Okay, go for yeah. it. Yeah, just uh, is this still a disadvantage? Wait, no. Not survival because yeah, it's not perception. So. All right. Uh, um, that's a dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. Okay. Mm -hmm. Despite the cold fog, you were able to find the path through, make it over the ridge, and back down into the next valley continuing your way towards Marin. Uh, you get glimpses of that final ridge appearing through the fog throughout the day, and by the end of this day, you find yourself at the base of what you are pretty confident is the final ridge before you crest over and descend down that canyon into Marin. So, I'd like both of you to do perception checks one more time on this final evening at disadvantage. 14. Okay. Another that one! <laughs> Woo! Uh, my goodness. Um, yeah, Lovelace, I think that these nightmares just... Uh, I just... Okay, I, yeah, I, sorry. I got distracted by Wing Scribe. I do want to hear that in a moment. Um, so... I think you are just continually plagued by these visions and nightmares and you are just unable to really focus on anything happening around you. Um, whatever anxieties you might be having right now, I think are just pushing themselves into the forefront of your mind. And like, I just feel like, I'm, like, you know how you like really get into your head when you're like trying to fall asleep and I yeah. like, and just like everything seems more catastrophic, it's like I have doomed Baldur's Gate. One way or another. Like if I if we give uh Box of Screws the Platinum, the guild will be ascendant and like we'll go back into like their rule essentially. And if we don't, we're basically like plunging them in the civil war. Oh. Uh yeah. Absolutely. The streets will run red with blood. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be yeah. so much easier and it would pay so much better and like probably be better for the centaurs if I just got paid and let it work itself out. We're, we're not going to stay here anyway. Like, ah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as all of those thoughts are swirling through your head, once more, you feel the familiar, gentle touch of Manfred, and he takes over his watch. Um, eventually, Kadam, 
to come to your watch. What did you get? 14. 14, that's right. Um, again, this evening is, is without issue, just the fog and the sound of the uh, wind and evening animals around you. And we come to our final day here. Uh, so, e either of you can can lead this day, whichever one would like to. I got animal handling, but no animals to handle. I've also looked. I have a pretty high animal ha animal handling skill. <laughs> existential crisis. I, I mean, I mean, I got I got survival. Okay. You got yeah. something more interesting? I have you know? insight. Oh, let's let's just make it easy. I'll go with survival. Go here. for it. Go for it. And that is just at not disadvantage. Twenty-two, baby. Excellent. So on the final day, you crest the final ridge and start working your way down that canyon. The same rocky canyon that you started this journey at where you saw that familiar rock formation that you that you were told about from Lucas, and you eventually curve around and make uh, reconnect with the old prospector trail that went off in the other direction. And winding your way down the road as the sun is starting to set once more, you can see the twinkling lights up ahead of these two watchtowers and the wooden wall. Um, marking the entryway into this canyon and the border of Marin. Pass through the gates, dealing with the guards, you know, making sure everything's kosher, and eventually end up back in Marin as uh, the evening comes upon the town. Do, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, Renwin and um, Monfred have a brief discussion and decide to meet in the morning um, at the board weasel uh downstairs to work out the details um and they part ways uh, and you are left there with monfred who uh looks at the two of you and says i'm going to retire for this evening uh we'll work out the rest in the morning with redwin and then we should start making our way back to Baldur's Gate. good evening to the both of you and he evening, will, he will pat off towards the board weasel for the two of you um we can go into full-on just kind of a little more even more montage here uh with the last 20 minutes we have left of our stream is there anything you would like to do in marin how long would you like to stay like what do you want to do what what the marin's little oyster world is yours <laughs> thing what do you want to do We gotta talk to Lucas. Oh yeah, we've gotta talk to Lucas. <laughs> okay. Um, Lucas and Astra, uh, at the very least. Um, frankly, if we could go around and talk to um, that nice man who had pies, and okay. that dwarven woman that you described, I want to see what that rope's about. That was not very many people um, put a display of rope on. Yeah. Their stall. Yeah, that's unusual. Um. Excuse me. Ah, excuse me. <laughs> Damn birds. 
Um, yeah, you can do all those things. Uh, would you? Who, what would you like to start with? Millie. Millie. Um, sorry, no, that wasn't an answer to your question. I was trying to remember her name. Um, do we want to start with Lucas? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, heading into the board weasel, you can see it's pretty lively right now as um, the you know evening is rolling in, and uh, you can see off in the corner by the hearth there is that uh, orcish, I believe it's an orcish oh, woman, yeah, half orc. Yeah, half-orc woman um, who is playing on... I think I said she had a lyre. Um, so she's there in the corner playing, and she actually has a really nice voice as she's singing a tune along to this lyre. And there's a few folks that are listening in while others are playing either cards or um, or dice. Um, but you can see Lucas is over at the bar, and Millie is just running around dealing with everyone while Lucas is currently talking to a patron. But... Um, if you want to talk to Lucas, easy enough to saddle on in. He eventually turns his attention to you. What would you like to say to Lucas? Talk to Lucas about. Hey, Lucas. Ha! Well, it's good to see uh, both of you back here. Did yeah. You, did you make your way all the way up there to Vermillion? We did. Um, we we put the flowers through a proper proper place. Um, Lucas, can I ask you a question here? And it's an important one. All right, shoot. If... If you could choose between two worlds, one where Vermillion opens back up, tribe and mining community, lots of outside interests and support, or another one to let it fade and be forgotten. Which one would you choose? I... I think I would... I wouldn't want it to be forgotten. All them folks' memories and stories to be lost. Mm-hmm. I see no sense in getting that mine up and running again. Uh, after what I heard and after what I seen, especially from folks who made it out of there. Yeah something wrong or cursed up there going on. I don't think we need that back in this world. Yeah. Did you find anything, by the way? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. And unless we take some drastic measures, horses bigger than us, are going to know about it soon. Well, that's just how things go sometimes. I think it means that we got an important job, though. Like, there's still time to determine the shape 
of what it looks like. If folks knew and like <sighs> I think it would be fair to describe you as a fulcrum upon which the social life of Marion rests at least you're <laughs> part of it which means that you you're actually in a position of influence here like if there's like ways that you could get the stories of what happened out like let people know about it especially people are going to be word of platinum gets out folks are going to be coming here looking for answers and if like oh, yes they got some version of the truth you could go a long way in making that happen he leans in on the bar gets a little closer I do wish uh, Millie was around to hear you say all that about me, but in all my time and experience, as soon as the word of platinum gets around, no matter what kind of ghost stories or horrible yeah. things we say about the place, it ain't gonna do squat, stop people from going up there. if there was some sort of, I don't know, memorial museum, like some sort of architectural fixture. We're here get... in Marin? Yeah, sure. The entrance to Vermillion, the gates to the mountains. I mean, sure, but to what end? Just to memorialize what happened there? Or... I mean, people are going to tell ghost stories, but it might as well be rooted in something. And folks, I think, respond to things they can see. Something physical. We have a lot more information, both about what happened back then and what's been happening for the past 70 years. Oh, really? Yeah. We also experienced some things up there that have given us a lot of pause. Well, uh... Billy's got it. I would love to hear it. Here, uh... I got some time here to listen to your story. Hear what happened. Right. And, uh... Perhaps I can help in some way. I've done well for myself down here in Marin with this place. Quite a bit stored away. Maybe I can uh, look into what you're talking about there, Lovelace. Might we get that fine young woman over here and listen as well, perhaps? A gesture to the to the bard. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. Um, yeah. Uh, he uh. <clears throat> Maki, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Hey, Maki! Yeah, uh, alright, when you're done with that one. Um, well, 
after some time, the bard finishes up her tune and she makes her way over. Uh, you have the ear of both Lucas and Maki, this, uh, this half-work bard. Yeah, she, she has, um, She has a, a, a lot of um, black, like leathers and clothing on that, that kind of accents with her greener skin. Uh, her skin being a, a brighter green than um, some of the other like half orcs and orcs you've seen who have that darker, almost ash gray pigment. Um, but she has these nice black leathers and black long sleeve um, with little uh, accents of blue running throughout. Um, but she sits down there with, with the two of you, gives a big smile, her um, tusk kind of poking out from below, uh, and is ready to listen to your tale. I tell them everything. I pull <laughs> out my like written notes. Uh, I, I show, well, I, I encourage Lovelace to show the uh, sword. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they both are, like, very, uh, impressed by this. Um, uh, Lucas does comment on the sword, uh, and, and is, is, uh, when, when he hears about where you found it, and he does say, um, what were the blacksmith's names? Ah, uh, yeah, Tor Tormund and, Tormund uh, and Blenus. Um, <laughs> I think is Blenis, Blenis, oh yeah right that's right <laughs> why uh, sorry Tormund and Blenis. Um but he says oh, well, well if the two of them ever come back through here they're probably going to be wondering about that but uh, I'll keep it to myself um, but yeah you tell him the the tale, you recount everything to them, they they eagerly listen, um, and you're able to spread the word to the two of them. Uh, yeah. After this long conversation, Lucas does look at the two of you. Well, it's, uh, nice to know what really happened. And, um, Maki is just like wide-eyed looking at the two of your arms crossed. Ha! <laughs> that's just, uh, that's the wildest shit I ever heard, I'll tell you that much. This is, this is wonderful. Thank you both so much. I'm just, I can't, can't, this is gonna make such a wonderful, wonderful tale and a wonderful song. I just can't wait to get started on this. Thank you both. Thank you yeah, for including me in this. Well, Absolutely. I thought you might want to hear Kidding? This is a this is a, this is like a once in a lifetime kind of kind of thing. The you know being a bard like myself, always look forward to moments like this. Just just hoping that it comes to us. Really, thank you. And she's just like actively writing down um, the whole accounts of this story. So, uh, Lucas, right? Lucas does finish off with saying. You know, Lovelace, I, I, I like your idea. I, I don't know about setting something up in uh, 
in Vermillion, it's quite a trek for me, but I could work with folks here in Marin to get something made. And uh, Maki leans in. Oh, I, I could, I could help you write, write up. You know, if you want to put like a plaque or something, like you were saying, uh, Lovelace. You know, I could, I could help write up the the story that would go underneath it. I think I'd like that. So, with that, so you finished up the evening over drinks and food with the two of them. The two of you want to do anything else? Manfred's not going to be happy here, Dom. <laughs> no, no, he ain't. He's going to come down tomorrow. The lid's going to be blown off. <laughs> I, I do want to go around and just like, you know, give Astra the, the cliff notes and various other people, anyone who will listen. Um, Lovelace backs it up by being strong and making it feel credible that like we went into like the nest and came out alive. Yeah, are you just working your way around the tavern, letting Mm -hmm. like letting people know? And not the tavern, the town. Okay, yeah, Yeah, I I mean, you know, following day comes around, you find uh, uh, Astra out in the market. Astra is just so excited to hear all of it um, and just like doesn't want you to leave, just wants to hear every little detail about it. Um, but is also very thankful to hear everything about about this. Um, they point you to um, one of the individuals. Uh, the kind of shorter man that was running around the market, he's almost this like skittering beetle of a man <laughs> running around with this black mustache. Uh, and they point you to this individual named um, Pere Bavon, uh, and they point out that um, he has connections with uh, Lee Duvizan's wife, who actually came down to Marin. Um, upon speaking with, with him, you do find out that Lee Duvizan's wife actually left Vermillion uh, at the behest of, of Lee. Uh, and she came down here with her two children. Um, she started a new life, and Pere uh, is... Sorry, I've completely lost the thread here. Who are these people? So, <laughs> Lee Duvizan, the mayor of Vermillion, uh-huh. sent her wife and two kids down to Marin. As things were getting worse and worse. Got it, got it, got it. Um, Which, I'm sorry, I don't have all the names. Tifra is the name. Um, So Tifra and her two children started a new life down here in Marin. Um, And Perry is excited to hear this. Uh, He was... This is like a whole family tree going on here. (laughs) But essentially, he points you to... uh, his cousin Garthol, who is the last remaining kin of Tifras. Um, and Garthol is incredibly pleased to, to hear the full extent of the story and what happened to, um, to Lee. Uh, he, if he feels like making a trek, the manor is up there. He, the he, he does. Uh, let you know and ask you though that his half siblings 
who um, were Tifra's uh, children. Sorry, this is Garthol? Yeah, Garthol's. Is talking to us now? Yes, Garthol's, right. Garthol's half-siblings. Uh, Sorry. This is like, like I said, this is like a whole family tree. So, um, Tifra's children, uh, Nia and Tavin, um, were Garthol's half-siblings. So they married into to Garthol's family. Um, Garthol asks both of you, if you wouldn't mind seeing if if Nia is somewhere within Baldur's Gate, because last he heard, she had made her way out to Baldur's Gate. Right. Um, and if you are able to find Nia, to please recount this tale to her, as she is, um, she, you know, she had to leave when she was very young from Vermillion and never knew what happened to her mother and and what happened to the town. Her mother, Lee. Yes. yes. All right. So, with all of that, uh, sorry, that was such That's a... That's so cool. That was such a, like, <laughs> like, like, complete family tree, like, trying to piece it together. Um, but with all that said and done, um, as you spread the tale around, uh, <laughs> eventually, Bonfred meeting up with you late in the morning... Uh, very perturbed by all the things he's been hearing about, but nevertheless is is uh, ready to get going. But I did want to finish up the, the this night with the two of you. Did you want to do a brief... I know, Kadam, you talked about wanting to go see the Dwarven Woman's stall. Um, did you want to do that briefly? Yes, with kind of the idea of uh, spreading the story and Claire wants to know what that rope is because yes. Claire thinks it's a magical item, but Kadam wants to tell the story. Yeah, of course. Um, so going up to her stall, uh, you quickly realize that she is selling a, a handful of magical items. The rest are just spell components and things of that nature. Um, but she does have... In, in her wares, she has two po- uh, two potions, a potion of animal friendship and an oil of slipperiness. And that rope that is sitting there, uh, she eagerly gestures to it and refers to it as a rope of climbing. Um, so it is a rope that can essentially, I believe you can state a command word and it will extend up to a point, I believe, is how it works. Now, will it help my friend climb? Uh, she kind of looks up and down at at, uh, at Lovelace. <laughs> oh, sure it will. Lovelace just, gonna, just raises look, her eyebrow. <laughs> oh, look at her! Look at her arms! I'm certain of it. She could just pull herself, hoist herself right up there. Mm-hmm. Um, quite an impressive uh, lass you got there. Um, That's fair. I, I, I think it would help greatly. All right, thank you. Um, what does this slipperiness potion do? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I definitely know what it does. Um, it's all right. Sometimes you just got to jog the mini- memory banks. Yeah, yeah. Will of Well, you see here, you uh, you have to slather it on oneself, all over yourself. 
But at the end of the of doing this, you will uh, be able to move much more freely, and it's very difficult for any anyone or anything to uh, restrain you. I know it sounds a bit a bit ridiculous, right? But uh, <laughs> trust me, this works much better than just pure oil. Um, basically, it, it grants you the freedom of movement spell. Um, oh, that's. <laughs> So yeah. that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So for for the duration, I know it's the most, <laughs> most ridiculous thing. I'm gonna lather myself up with this oil and you. Uh, uh, but you basically are uh, while you use it, you are unaffected by uh, difficult terrain spells and other magical effects. Can either reduce your speed, nor paralyze or restrain you. Um, so yeah, part of that, she says, uh, I, 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 it sounds a bit ridiculous, I know, but, but part of the oil is it is actually able to, uh, deflect certain arcane weavings of, of magic that would stop you from being able to move or paralyze you, um. Oh, that sounds very useful. Uh, Lovelace, do you want that? Nope. All right. I'm good. Thank you. Oh. May I have ten golds worth of powdered silver, if you have that? Most certainly. Um, and she turns around and passes it off to you. So mark awesome. off ten gold worth. All right. I have no money again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm assuming it sounds like you aren't interested in the uh, other items. So with that, you spread the tale of Vermillion amongst the town of Marin, and um, Lucas is hard at work already talking with Maki and other individuals to set something up to memorialize, memorialize, blah, 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 uh, make a memorial to Vermillion within Marin. So, with all that said and done, I believe that this will wrap up this portion of this adventure arc. Uh, next week we'll do a postmortem, and then we're going to take a two-week break for the holidays, and then we'll start our fourth adventure. Um, so thank you everybody for joining us as always. Yeah. If you have questions for us, send them in through anything. Uh, <laughs> what do we have? We have Instagram. Yes, thank you. That's what I was stumbling for. Instagram, the Twitch chat. If you know us personally, we have an email. Yeah. Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. We have Twitter as well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, any of those will work. Um, and of course, you can always just ask questions on the spot when we run the stream. But it's just going to be hanging out, talking about this last arc. Yeah. Just what happened, questions we had, whatever. So. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think yes. I want to hear. Winged scribe, oh. tell to us <laughs> how oh. to make powdered iron. I, yeah, um, sure. If winged scribe wants to, it's probably going to be very involved. Winged scribe, can you say it in like a sentence, like just just a a brief? Um, it doesn't have to be the the full process. My money is still on like like a, fun, yeah. a file. It really, that should be it. Can you answer a question? Is it done with a file or is it way more complex um but while we wait on wicked scribe because there's definitely a delay 
um, yeah, I just want to say thank you to both of you um, for this adventure arc. It was, it was fun. Um, yes. And I'm excited for our next arc. Um, should be interesting. So we'll Me too. work out the details there. Yeah. I, I, the thing that we were originally thinking of, I can't imagine going and doing that side quest instead of just going back straight okay. to Baldur's Gate at this point. Sure. We can, we can, we can talk about it offline about what we want to uh-huh. do next. Cause uh-huh. we don't have to do what we were originally talking about. It can be something entirely different. We actually have a lot we need to talk about because of all the things that just happened at the end yeah. of this. <laughs> yeah. It'll be good. God, we went from like being like Box of Screws is going to be our patron to like Box of Screws is going to be our primary antagonist. <laughs> uh, what if it was Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why not both? Um, okay, here we go. So, Aha. the best method with technology of the time is melt the iron Put a mesh right at the surface of water and then pour the melted iron into the mesh. Wow, okay. That both gives you small pellets and also makes them hard and brittle so they can be crushed into smaller dust. That's super cool. I never would have thought of that. That sounds so much easier. I think Lovelace didn't know that and Lovelace <laughs> spent the time filing. Filing. Just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mesh to be steel rather than iron, or you'll need to keep replacing it. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so satisfying to like crush iron pellets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like. Yeah. Man, that's so cool. Thank you so much, Winged Scry. Really appreciate yeah. it. It's um, awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of that. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next uh, next week. Next Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.